When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's a tale as old as time. He's handsome, debonair. She's pretty and sweet. They lock eyes across the room. Okay, hold on. Honey, you need to get your facts straight. Finding love today is more like... Are we supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe I just want somebody to share my life. What does his text mean? Maybe he's just not that into me. Is this this relationship relationship going going anywhere? anywhere? You can keep waiting for the fairy tale. Or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Today's episode is brought to you by my Dating Accelerator program. This new and improved 10-week version of my most popular group coaching program is launching in September. If you're ready to level up your love life, you could be the perfect fit for the Dating Accelerator program. I'll tell you before the break how to qualify for admission, but you can find out more right now about the Dating Accelerator at DemonaHoffman.com slash group. Moving on with the show, today we are addressing one of the most common questions from people who are frustrated with dating apps. How can you meet someone offline today? Yes, it's still possible. And to answer this important question, I have with me today Camille Virginia. She's the author of the book, The Offline Dating Method, Three Steps to Attract Your Perfect Partner in the Real World. Before we go all IRL, I need to tell you about the headlines, though. A new study says this one quality makes you super sexy. And is there a solution for ghosting? Finally, Then in Dear Demona, I'll answer your questions, including an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But what if the doctor's cute and your son's pediatrician and you don't want him to keep away? (laughs) And how can you get over a whirlwind intense summer love? Get ready, because it's time to dish. D's dating dish. There's a new study that was published in the Journal of Personality and Individual Differences. Didn't even know it was a journal. Didn't know they were doing this study, but boy, is it interesting. It turns out that an adventurous palate is the quality that can increase one's sexual desirability. So they looked in the study at how people rated these basically mocked up profiles. And when people said that they were open to trying new foods, that openness made them seem sexier. Maybe it's because it also made them seem overall more sexual. That's what the study said. Or they seemed to have a great number of past romantic partners by saying that they were open to different foods. Or they were more willing to partake in uncommitted sexual partnerships 
just by saying that they are open to various foods. Also, this was an interesting one. They were less likely to seem like they would feel disgusted by sex, which was interesting. Interesting that people were out here matching for like (laughs) seeking woman not disgusted by sex, looking for the same. (laughs) But it translated to basically somebody who was more adventurous. And that's the thing that I really want to focus in on is what are you saying about yourself by the way that you phrase your preferences in your profile. And this is so interesting because participants in the study did not have the same reaction to those who said they were willing to try new things in general, like books, like, like, I like big books and I cannot like, like if you were like, I love books, I'm so adventurous, I read all kinds of books. They're like not sexy. Or if you were like, I listen to all kinds of music. I like smooth jazz. I like show tunes. They're like, "Mm, not that sexy. And interestingly, if you said you were vegan or vegetarian, that was seen as less masculine, which I thought was really fascinating because my husband's actually a vegetarian. And people thought that was a really weird thing when we started dating, that I was dating a vegetarian and I was an omnivore. And they were like, how does that work? How is that possible? So all of this, I say to remind you that the most attractive thing to your date is not all of these qualities that you think like, oh, now I'm going to say I'm more open to different foods in my profile because the study said that I should do that and then I'll seem more sexually adventurous. The most sexy thing and the most attractive thing to your ideal partner is actually you being you. But then that makes me ask the question, how clear are you on your goals and values and choices? And how clear are you on which qualities really matter in your ideal partner? We talked last week about, you know, must love dogs, right? If that's on your list, in the end, could those micro choices actually be blocking you from finding love? And this is the reason that I always start my dating accelerator clients on mindset. That's the first step in the dating funnel. In this mindset step, you get to have ultimate clarity, from the start of your dating process about what your core needs are in a partner. If you do that, you won't be in that he said, he, she said, he won't, she won't, does she like, doesn't she like me space. Your clarity beforehand will lead to more clarity in your love life. It's that simple. If you're not sure how to do it, then I'll tell you more about that in a second. But next up, Fast Company says, ghosting on dating apps is annoying. <laughs> Hot tip from Fast Company. No, here's the real hot tip. Match, you know, the dating app. They want to end it. So what is happening now on Match, some of you who are on that app may have noticed that when chats stall, Match users are now going to be receiving nudges to continue the conversation or a reminder to politely beg off. (laughs) I love the terminology that Fast Company used there. Basically, Everybody's sick of ghosting. I mean, am I speaking to you right now? Everyone is sick of it. And yet, I think sometimes we don't realize how we may be ghosting in other areas of our life or the people that we don't actually want to meet on apps. And then they make it really simple. You can click the conversation suggestions. So they literally just, everybody's like, what do I say? I don't want to date this person. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how to be honest with them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. They literally just give you the language, sends them a polite message like, thanks, but no thanks. 
you know how I'm always talking about thank and release. Thanks, but no thanks. Or you can unmatch, which is like, let's be honest, the more cowardly version. But it sends a message. Like for those of you who are looking for closure on a ghosting situation, an unmatch is is a response. It is closure. It's kind of a tacky response. But if it's the best that that person can do, it is a response. Uh, another feature that Match released is this Matched by Us feature where once a week they'll send you a match and you don't have to then see the other person and wait for mutual likes, which is hilarious to me because, you know, I'm an online dating dinosaur and that's like, oh, we've released this new feature. That's basically the way that the app always used to work beforehand. But fine, if that's what we need to have a little bit of a recorrection from the ghosting is happening. You may have heard me say this on the show before. Ghosting is happening because the speed of dating has increased and everybody's treating everyone that they interact with like they're completely expendable, like they're just a name and a phone. So this is Match's goal is to make people close the loop a little bit more so that you can then conserve your energy for those people who you really want to meet. They actually released a campaign called Adults Date Better. And I was like, ooh, this is a little bit of a play on words because it's like adults, you should date better. And it's also adults date better than people who are not adults. But basically, it's encouraging people to date on a more emotionally mature level. And I know it's none of you listening because you already are doing that. But like maybe we can bring everybody else along with us. And I think this is also inspired by like they acquired Hinge because Hinge had really good communication rates and really good initiation off of something in the profile that's specific. So it's not just like, I like your cute face, but you actually have to react to something in the profile. You know, Match owns OkCupid, who I work with. They own Plenty of Fish. They own, they own Hinge. They own Tinder. But with Hinge, they borrowed a lot of these conversation starters um, that are in the profile to inspire people to react to something specific and not just to mindlessly swipe. So they're trying. We're going to be talking about offline dating in a bit, but the apps are really trying to improve the dating experience. So I would just say they're trying. They're trying. Can we meet the apps halfway? And as we're talking about meeting the apps halfway, I want to meet you halfway and helping you accelerate your love life. So if you're listening to the show, then I know you're already putting in the effort. You're already putting the effort. But if you're feeling exhausted still by dating or frustrated, you may be putting the effort in the wrong direction. And you just need the right tools and guidance to take you the rest of the way. So today I'm announcing a complete reboot of my very popular dating accelerator program. This is a 10-week group coaching experience, and it's now open for early bird enrollment at DemonaHoffman.com slash group. This, pro this program, it ain't for everyone, though. I am only looking for highly motivated daters who are really ready for a complete 180 in their love life. So if you are a single person who needs a mind, body, and spiritual reset on dating, who wants to get serious about finding a life partner who thrives in a group environment with supportive, like-minded people, or, and this is major, you feel that in the next three to six months, finding a relationship is or will be the number one or two priority for you in your life. 
in the next three to six months. If that speaks to you, then you're invited to accelerate your love life to get it to that point. Early bird enrollment at a deeply discounted special rate is available only through August 31st. So check it out at DemonaHoffman.com slash group. Camille and her offline dating method are coming right up. So stick with us. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I am here with Camille Virginia. She's authored the best-selling book, The Offline Dating Method, and a brand new and improved version of the book is being released on August 31st. She's been featured in The Atlantic, the BBC, and USA Today, and now she's here to share her secrets of offline dating on Dates and Mates. Please help me give big smooches to Camille Virginia. Hey, Demona. Hey, girl. Okay. People are like poised and ready because they're like, this is a battle of the dating app experts, but (laughs) not at all. We are friends off the show. We support one another. And I just really wanted to welcome you here because so many people come to me and they know like I'm very bullish on the dating apps. It's how I met my husband. It's how most of my clients have found love, but it's not the only way. So I wanted to do an episode that addressed those concerns for people that are just like, I'm done with dating apps. I don't want to do it that way, Demona. So (laughs) thank you for being here and sharing your insights. What made you feel like you wanted to write this book and focus on the offline dating method? It goes back about seven years, actually. I, I totally fell into this. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was like, that sounds like a lot of work. I was in corporate and I'm an introvert. And so if you had told me I'd be an offline dating coach, I would have been like looking at you like you had three heads. But I just, I love connecting with people. I'm, I say I'm addicted to connection and I moved to Chicago. I was dating a guy. He broke up with me within a month. I had no friends and I had to go meet people the old fashioned way. This was, there were no apps for friends or dates back then. <laughs> Wait, okay. You said a mouthful here, sister. We need to unpack a couple things you said. First of all, you're an introvert. Yes. Is it, but you love connecting. Can you explain? Mm-hmm. I'm major extrovert in case you can't tell. My husband actually major introvert, but I still sometimes struggle to understand the plight of the introvert, but loving connection seems like it's in conflict with that. It's all about the quality of the connection. So when you go deeper, when you get off the surface level stuff, that's when introverts shine and we come alive. And we actually have a lot to say because we do usually take a step back and we're observing people in the world and have a lot of insights because we're not usually the ones talking. So that gives us a lot of time to observe and have insights. That makes sense. Yeah. And my husband is a super slow talker (laughs) and a slow thinker, but people realize once they sit with him, they're like, oh, it's not that he doesn't have anything to say. He just doesn't need to talk just to talk and be heard. Okay. So then the other thing you said was that you were moving in with a guy and then he broke up with you a month later. 
Yeah, I moved to Chicago and we were dating. So luckily I wasn't living with him, but he broke up with me a month later. What the heck, Camille? First of all, what's this guy's name? And how can we all like DM him and tell him he's he's he, a bad man? <laughs> oh, well, I got Simona. He met his future wife at a brunch where I was and then they got married on my birthday. This is not okay. I'm not okay with this. But you took adversity and you persevered and you didn't let that get you down. I mean, just before we move on to the offline dating method, were there any signs? Because I do get messages a lot on the show from people that were like, I thought things were going really well. And then all of a sudden they ghosted. Were there signs now that you look back? There's always signs. And I keep learning the different signs because there's a lot of signs. But I think it was that we did distance really well. So we would call each other every day. And then it just was different when, when translated into being in the same city and spending time with each other. See, that's what I say. Like, it's tough. Long distance is tough. But you have to ha have some plan to be together in the same space. Because if you're not, if you're not really in person, it's not a fully realized relationship. And then sometimes you get there in person, it doesn't work out. So here you are in Chicago, not knowing a soul and having to put yourself back out there. What did you do first? I can't even imagine. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's I, I like to joke the reason I became an offline dating coach is because I've been through just about every terrible situation that you could name. So it gave a purpose to those reasons. So I'm grateful. I just don't want to go through them again. Yes. We live and we learn, don't we? Exactly. And, and then pass we can help on. others. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I was just so lonely. It was the dead of winter, January in Chicago. You lived in Chicago. You know what that's like. It's like... No, you're like hibernating. It's below zero, y'all. It's below zero. It's slushy and cold. It's isolating as it is, but to not mm -hmm. know anyone, it's a whole other thing. Did it ever cross your mind to go on a dating app? This was 2010. So dating apps were still a thing. Girl. I guess they were. Yeah. Oh, Tinder yeah. hadn't hit the market. So Tinder it hadn't, was, no. No. But yeah, they were still so the whole... I met my husband online and uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> 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 Yeah, wait. By by that point, yeah, I had already I had several matches to my name <laughs> from online. <laughs> but yeah, it's not the first thing that you were thinking about. So did you like make challenges for yourself to get out there? Did you make a plan? I was just so lonely. I would go and I remember sitting in Starbucks being like, okay, I really want to go talk to people and say, I'm really cool and I'm smart. I'd love to be your friend, but that's a little too much. How can I find a happy medium? And so I just pushed myself to break the ice with strangers, just comment on something casual, ask natural questions, just have it be a natural connection as if you were already talking to someone who was your friend. That's a good place to start. Sometimes I find that we get ahead of ourselves, right? Like we start thinking about the possible rejection or even the possible like fantasy relationship and the expectation and anticipation of that keeps us from acting in the moment. You've broken this offline dating method into three major steps and how mm -hmm. to attract your perfect partner in the real world. So I know my listeners are like, like, help me, Camille, give me like the top line, they're going to buy your book and then they're going to know the offline dating method. But top line, you talk about magnetic approachability. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, people tell me that I'm intimidating. I'm not approachable. What is approachability anyway? 
approachability that I define it is really just projecting comfort. So many people are not comfortable in their body or in their own skin, or they come from the gym and they're doing errands and they're like, I don't look good. I don't want to talk to someone. So it's just being purposeful in choosing what you wear, how you present yourself so that you're comfortable, which then makes other people comfortable and comfortable approaching you. So it's not about dressing a certain way, looking a certain way to be in like attraction mode. It's just how you feel. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Because when you're comfortable, that's when good things happen. If you're already having anxiety and talking to people and then you're putting pressure on yourself to just approach people or try to be attractive, that is so much pressure. Like it's just going to, it's going to draw the wrong people. You're not going to enjoy it. So just be comfortable. And that's what makes people attracted to you. But I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for all my listeners that are like, what if I'm not in that mode? I was just coming from the gym. I'm not trying to talk to anybody. And I find that sometimes people want to push away options because they weren't in that headspace of thinking that they were attracting people. That's a lot of complaints that I hear about from women who come to me wanting to attract people. (laughs) So (laughs) make a choice. I mean, you don't have to be doing it 24-7. I'm an introvert. I need my alone time in my space. But be purposeful about it. If you're going to run errands after the gym, that is a great time to meet people, or at least it was pre-COVID. So bring a change of clothes, grab some eyeliner, whatever makes you feel good. You don't have to put on makeup or dress a certain way, but be a little bit more intentional about that or go in your gym clothes. And if you're comfortable in those, strike up a conversation, but plan for it. So you say the three pillars of magnetic approachability are prepping, positioning, and projecting. Can you talk us through that? Sure. So prepping is being intentional. It's setting an intention before you leave the house. Who do you want to meet and why? It could be, I'm going to say hi to five people. I want to make someone smile. I want to get a date for the weekend. Just it brings awareness to when you're out and about if you set that intention. And then choose your clothes in a way that projects confidence and comfort and and wear like a conversation starter, something that's a certain color or a pattern or things like that. Just something to stand out from the crowd a little bit or, you know, a cool mask. Yeah, actually, that happened to me today at drop off at my kid's school. Someone was wearing a cool mask and I commented on it, like started the conversation. I want to back up to prepping because I feel like this is a skill set that is helpful for anyone anywhere, even not in dating. Like I employ that when I am going to a networking event. I just last night went to a networking event and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay open. I didn't know anybody, (laughs) even as an extrovert, going somewhere where you're not going to know anyone is a little bit intimidating. So I was just like, Mm -hmm. let me just make one connection with one person who can recognize what I do. And I like didn't even really set what the outcome would be, but it was just a goal of making at least one connection and more than one connection. But I feel like clarifying that goal and not making it so outcome focused can kind of take a little bit of the pressure off. Definitely. Yeah. And and really, you nailed it, Demona. 90% of these tips in my book are just about connection. They're not about dating. Like I've had married women say great things about it and married men. It's just the connection because that's the basis for attraction, right? Yeah. And I, I say letting go of the outcome because 
if you're already thinking, who is this person going to be in my life? Like, are we going to date? <laughs> What's going to happen? You will be in your head and out of the moment, and that won't create that genuine connection. So the next step you talk about is effortless engagement. So as we're talking about projecting ahead and we're talking about that projection pushing into pushing you into fear of rejection, how can you engage without that fear? Because I do think it's kind of natural to have that fear. Yeah. And the problem is the longer that fear goes unchecked or unproven against, the bigger it's going to grow. Making it a habit, going back to setting an intention of, hey, I'm going to talk to one person today. Going back to what you just said, not focusing on the outcome. You don't have enough information to know who this person might be in your life. If you're feeling pulled to someone, they could be your new best friend. They could be a client. They could be someone who introduces you to your future spouse in three months. You don't know. So that's not up to you. Just release that. And the effortless engagement part is to really just keep it casual, keep it contextual, use something around you that the other person has instant context for. Don't have, I'm not a fan of the pre-planned pickup line because it feels out of context and unnatural, which then comes through in the energy that you say it. I've heard that actually one of the best pickup lines is just, hi. People always ask me, like, what's the best online pickup line? And I'm like, literally anything, just beginning the conversation, if your profile is good enough. And so it sounds like we're kind of saying the same thing, just in a different context. Like, your profile is how you present yourself and how open you are to the conversation when we're talking in the real life space. And this sort of engagement is the same, whether it's in person or online. Let's just acknowledge this elephant in the room about gender roles. I'll hold my thoughts on gender roles, but I know you talk about it in the book. Like, who initiates? What are your rules on that? If you're human, you can initiate. There are no rules when it comes to who can initiate and take the lead. Everyone needs connection. And are you going to miss opportunities because you're waiting for someone else to initiate because you think that's their job? What if they don't see you? What if they just went through a breakup and they can't approach you and risk rejection? So absolutely anyone can initiate. I agree. And I know that in this new edition of the offline dating method, you are also aiming to make it more inclusive of the LGBTQ plus community. So I imagine that's also a factor because we have a lot of queer listeners on the show and a lot of the traditional quote rules of attraction do not necessarily apply in same sex relationships or non-binary. Yeah, exactly. And some of the dating apps have over 20 different gender identities. 60. <laughs> wow. Some of them, All right. OkCupid, have now 60. That's a new development, wow. though. Very new in the last two weeks. And good for them. Right? Like, at the end of the day, we're all human. Who cares? Like, if you feel drawn to someone and you want to talk to them, especially if you're lonely, go do it before you can think it. I call it the mind-to-mouth method. Just... Before you can overthink it, if you're drawn to someone like, hey, I like that woman's scarf. I'm going to go say something. Go do it. Otherwise, if you're like, wait, how do I say it? I need to make it come out natural. You're going to strip it of being natural. You're going to scare yourself and you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when we get too much in our heads, that's when things get super dangerous. But you can talk yourself out of anything. So mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to act when you get that inspiration. And, and usually, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I like to walk my clients through this. Like, 
what are they going to do? They're going to laugh in your face. Or they're going to walk away. They're going to punch you. Like what is the <laughs> absolute worst thing that's going to happen? And if that worst thing happens, are you still going to be okay? Yes. I say the same thing in my book, Demona. It's really think of the worst case scenario. I mean, I've talked to thousands of strangers at this point and the worst I've gotten is like a blank stare. Did that ruin my week? No. <laughs> yeah. I just moved on to the next person and was fine. But it, see, it can ruin your week if you let it ruin your week. If you ruminate on it and you replay it. And it's a common thing to do that, to fixate on the nose or to fixate on the outcomes that didn't line up with our fantasy. Expectations. Yes. Expectations is a better word for it. I think with that, having a little rule of, okay, I'm not, I refuse to end today on that note because I was all about that person. I'm going to go talk to someone else and talk yourself up a little bit, get a little momentum, do what I call a compliment drive-by. You can never lose with a compliment drive-by. Just that woman with the beautiful scarf, no matter what gender you're attracted to or what gender you are, go tell her you love her scarf. It's the most beautiful thing you've seen all day and then walk away. Take the pressure off yourself to continue the conversation. Go make someone smile. And then that's the end of your day. Screw the person who gave you the blank stare when you tried to talk to them before her. That is such a good piece of advice. Flattery will get you everywhere, folks. <laughs> and even just starting with a compliment. But I do want to just be mindful when you're giving out compliments, folks. You want to try to make them like non-sexualized, I would say, in the early phase, but you're the offline dating coach. So do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Stick to, that's why I say in step one, magnetic approachability, wear something that's a conversation starter because you will attract more of those genuine compliments. Clothing is easy to comment on and yeah, keep it non-sexual. Something you'd say to your mom or dad. Yeah. Also something when I like the, I call it conversation piece clothing as well, to use clothing that also has a story potentially like your grandmother's jewelry or like, I don't know, I have shoes that have initials on them. And sometimes people are like, oh, what does that stand for? Because it's four initials. It turns out it's my family initials, uh, but it just says jazzed. So it's initial for all of us. But it's like, it's not like my personal initials. So people are like, what is that? What does that stand for? So it could be like your personal motto or whatever, or a tattoo or anything like that that has a story can be great. So now we're talking. We're talking to people. Now we're talking, but now now let's say the listener is talking to somebody and they're trying to make a connection. You talk in step three about the elements of a meaningful conversation. Obviously, asking awesome questions is really important, but everybody wants me to give them a script for a first date. Like these are the questions that you should ask on a first date. I like to keep it a little more spontaneous. What say you, Camille, Virginia? I think whether you, it's the first encounter at a grocery store, first encounter online, first date, ask a question that you genuinely want to know the answer to. Because the minute you ask a canned question that someone told you to ask, if you don't care about it, the other person's not going to care about it either. Like when, if it's a fun question to ask, it's going to be fun to answer. And that's when the connection happens. Yes, agree. And then you also say hold space for silence. Yes. <laughs> I like that pregnant pause. A lot of people get uncomfortable. They'll jump in to feel the space. The other person won't be comfortable because they sense the other person's uncomfortable. And it became, becomes a game of not very fun 20 questions. And I've had dates like that where it's like, oh my gosh, stop peppering with questions. Let's go deeper on any one of these. 
What else do you think is key from that step of the offline dating method? What is really important to be able to make that connection as well? So it's asking good questions, which is probably some examples would be helpful. What you said about the jewelry, maybe someone commented on jewelry or your shoes with the initials and there's a story behind them. So the person may say, oh yeah, those are my initials. My next question would be, wait, you just said your name was Demona. How are these your initials? Like, tell me that story. So just find something that you're genuinely curious about. Even if you're in the grocery store holding a box of granola bars or the other person's holding a box of granola bars and you're like, I want to talk to that person. What the hell do I talk about? Hey, are there any macadamia nuts in those granola bars? Something that's just casual, but you're like, I actually really like macadamia nuts. So I actually kind of want to know the answer. So you've got to be thinking on your feet, but then from the granola bars, you can transition to, I don't know, something in, if you're into nutrition, oh, I'm gluten-free. I just tried this new diet. So I'm going to the gym after this. I want to make sure I get all of my (laughs) macros in. (laughs) And then they say, oh, you go to the gym? (laughs) Yeah, I like to stay fit. You guys seriously don't do that. (laughs) But it's staying in the moment. So it's listening, Mm -hmm. staying in the moment and sharing stories. You talk about sharing insights and stories. Instead of just answering the question, that's where I feel like a lot of people get stuck. They're just like trading answers instead of trading stories. I love that. Yeah. Trade stories, not answers. Because again, with your shoe example, you could just be like, those are my initials. And then no one knows where to go from there. (laughs) Bye. Why does no one talk to me? Oh, I don't actually talk when they talk to me. I want to go back to what you said earlier with how sometimes we want to invite in one kind of conversation, but then we want to reject other kinds of conversation. So a lot of times we'll feel like, oh, no one is talking to me. And we don't even realize that there are all these people who were trying to talk to us that we dismissed and we're missing an opportunity to flex that muscle and build that skill, even if those people are not the ones that we want to engage with on a romantic level. Exactly. Well, and and how do we know, really, we don't know if this person's going to be the person that we end up attracted to. I was not attracted to any of my boyfriends when I first met them. Like Any of them? Not, Even they that bad guy? looking. <laughs> and then he dumps you a month after moving? Seriously. What's his name? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> John. <laughs> John. I got to talk to you, John. But no, I agree with you, though. Like, I don't believe in instant chemistry. Sounds like it developed for you over time. I mean, if there's instant chemistry, those are usually the candles that have burned the brightest and fizzled out the fastest. Mm -hmm. Most people want, a lot of people want a loving, stable relationship. That takes time. You cannot know that in the first 30 seconds of meeting someone. So don't, again, that's all this pressure on you to determine that. Or even on the first date, you don't have enough information. Totally. Let's talk about the fact that the last year and a half, I don't know if you've been reading the news, Camille, something's been going on and it's kept people (laughs) from being able to be outside and interacting. It's been great for my business in the (laughs) online dating space, but a lot of folks are unsure of the rules now for connecting in person. How do you navigate your clients through that? Every week things are changing, right? Especially with the Delta variant coming back into play. And you have to define what's comfortable for you. Obviously, your local state and city 
governing rules as well, but see how much that you want in-person interaction, online interaction, like find that balance for you. That's the first step. But I think it's also important to remember, even though COVID is a very acute illness and we're reading about it all the time, loneliness is a second epidemic. And it was here before COVID. It's not acute, it's chronic. And it actually leads to more deaths than obesity. True social isolation is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah. So you've got to find this balance and your comfort level with connecting and make sure that you are pushing your comfort zone to connect online, offline, wherever. So you get our innate need for connection met. Otherwise, it's a whole nother chronic situation. Yeah, I agree with you. And I find everyone is kind of looking for permission right now. Like, hey, Demona, can I do that? Can I go? You wouldn't believe how many emails I get. Is it okay to meet in person now? Can I have a date offline? Can we eat inside? Can Should we go outside? And I'm just like, look, I, I am not your doctor. I am not your governor. So you have to decide what you're comfortable with. And anything we do at this point is assuming some level of risk. If you are leaving your house, you're assuming some level of risk. So you just have to figure out what your risk tolerance is, how much you want to wear a mask. I would say, Camille, that if you're meeting someone for a date, just kind of helpful to expectation set and prepare before you get there because you might show up and think you're doing an outdoor date and suddenly you find yourself inside having to choose between going with the flow on the date and feeling like you might be putting yourself in higher risk. Yeah, and that's going to lead to a not good date because if you're nervous about something that has nothing to do with this person, they're going to pick up on it. I think in one of your previous podcast episodes, Demona, you said that, I think it was with Logan Yuri, define what makes you comfortable and then communicate it. This is a great practice for setting boundaries and communicating. Mm-hmm. How well does this other person communicate? Are you guys able to just coordinate logistics? Because if you can't do that, it's only going to get tougher from there on the communication front. Totally. So for those who have been feeling the isolation and the loneliness, and let's just own that COVID has impacted the self-confidence of many people because we aren't able to get that feedback. We're not out in the world. And And if you were introverted or you had social anxiety or you just didn't feel confident before, I imagine that right now, you're really feeling the weight of that. What do you recommend for those that need to build their self-confidence to be able to get back out there and to be comfortable meeting people IRL? So I actually grew up with social anxiety. So I can very much empathize with people, especially after being inside for a year and a half in some cases and not connecting. Whatever it is, define your comfort zone And then be intentional about pushing it just a little bit. So don't scare yourself if your friend's like, I'm going to set a goal of talking to 10 people when I go to the grocery store today. You know, if you're like, oh my God, I can't do that. Just talk to one. If you haven't talked to a stranger in over a year, don't scare yourself. Just like I said, do a compliment dropper. Ask a question about granola bars. Just get that social momentum going and prove your fear wrong. It'll give you confidence to do the next to talk to the next person. Yes. And for the record, ten talking to 10 people in a grocery store is a lofty goal. <laughs> but I challenge you, listeners. <laughs> I challenge you. But it's funny because we talk about the grocery store a lot. Like there seems to be a fantasy of meeting somebody in the grocery store and locking eyes over, I was going to say bananas, but 
that's a, too much innuendo. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's like a bit of a fantasy. I had seen some data from Match before that said that, that was actually one of the worst places to meet someone. That was where the least number of connections happened. So you're an offline dating coach. Camille, what do you think are the best places to meet someone in person? My personal favorites are gathering spots. So the airport's actually my favorite because I love travel. It's an instant question to ask. Where are you headed? Where are you from? What brings you there? And the pressure's off to have a multiple hour conversation because people's flights are going to be called. So there's a constant turnover and people are excited usually when they're traveling. That's my favorite. But hotel lobbies are great. Dog parks, the coffee shop, volunteer events, anywhere where people gather. Dog park is great because a lot of times also there's another activity happening. You're talking about the dogs. It's a really easy entry point. I would think of that. Like, where's there something else happening that you can comment on where the pressure isn't just on the two of you, but maybe it's a music festival. Maybe it's a beer garden. I went to an, a vegan night market the other day, and that was interesting. I'm not vegan, but I, I respect the lifestyle. <laughs> and there were like all of these different vendors and food trucks. And I was like, dang, if I was single, this would be the spot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I went to a farmer's market last month. It was just a beautiful day and I went by myself and I wore a nice skirt and I made four new friends that day just in talking to people about what's around and where are you from and do you live in the neighborhood and then hours long conversations with some of them. What is the etiquette when you meet someone? How do you close, Camille? <laughs> how do you make sure like you made a new friend, but you want them to call you. Do you just ask for their number? Do you say like, hey, what's, let me follow you on Instagram. Like what? what's not weird today? Just what you said, Demona, about like at a dog park, it makes it not about the two, just the two people. Find something like an activity that you guys can do together. So it's about the activity. So that's why this is where you can get a little strategic. So after the pleasantries and you get to know each other's names, whatever, this can happen in a few minutes. Maybe it comes up that they're like, hey, I'm trying this new trapeze class or I'm going to this new restaurant. And you're like, oh, I love that food, Italian food or ceviche or whatever it is. Let me know if you'd like to go sometime or ask for their phone number to coordinate with them, whatever you feel comfortable with. But choose an activity by asking questions like, what are you up to this weekend? What do you do around uh, town for fun? And it'll draw out those answers and it'll be something that you guys can do together, either invite yourself, invite them. Oh, I should try that out. That's very interesting. It takes the pressure off because there's already a plan. What are you doing this weekend? And then you're just sliding into their plans like, oh, you should come. Should I really? Oh, I'll give you my number. And then it's already decided. It's already done. I love this. I could talk to you about this all day, but I want folks to get all of that juicy from your book, Expanded New Edition of the Offline Dating Methods being released August 31st. People can pre-order if they're listening to this before it is out. But right now they can also do the three-day challenge, the offline dating challenge with you, right? Yeah. Tell me yeah. about that. Uh, What's in that? So that follows just three steps of the book, one step per day. It's got a fraction of the tips from the book, so it's not overwhelming. But day one is magnetic approachability, how to attract people without saying a word. Day two is effortless engagement, how to break the ice. Day three is asked out organically, how to turn icebreaker into a date. 
Do it, folks. You've got to do it. We have to be willing to push ourselves into an uncomfortable place in order to change and grow. So I am pushing myself into an uncomfortable place by (laughs) talking about (laughs) offline dating. But no, really, I'm joking because I really think of it 360. Like you tell people you should be online, you should be offline as well. I think we never know where destiny is going to cross our path. And the more open you are to it and the more that you are willing to put yourself out there, I think the more that can come into your life. Absolutely. And the more you have fun with it, you'll find your groove, you'll find the fear will go down, you'll actually start tapping into your innate human need for love of connection, because that's what kept our ancestors alive. We were part of a tribe, find the fun and then go and conquer your connection fears. Well, I have loved connecting with you, Camille. Thank you so much for being here on Dates and Mates. I hope everybody will check out a copy of The Offline Dating Method. Thanks, Simona. You can pre-order the completely updated version of Camille's book, The Offline Dating Method, Three Steps to Attract Your Perfect Partner in the Real World at OfflineDatingMethod.com. It will be re-released on August 31st. Next up, I have your questions, including can you date your kid's pediatrician and how to pick up the pieces and move on after a really bad breakup. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Here's what's on your mind this week. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This one comes to us on Instagram. Former listener will call S. She says, I'm a single mom and I have a three-year-old son. I think my son's pediatrician has been flirting with me. Not in a creepy way. He's just attractive, kind, and sincere. Recently, I found out he'll be leaving the practice. I did some snooping on the internet and found out that we have a lot of things in common. I really want to get to know him. What do you think? I think, girlfriend, you need to pump the brakes for a second. Now, I'm a mom too, so I get it. But this is your kid's pediatrician. And even if he's leaving the practice, I don't know if you're leaving with him or staying at the current practice, but this is a messy, messy situation. And You said he's been flirting, not in a creepy way, but in a way that he's attractive, kind, and sincere. I feel like those are just the qualities that you want in your doctor. I mean, maybe not the attractive part, but certainly the kind and sincere. You want a pediatrician for your kid who is kind and sincere. And so it's possible, S, that you could be misreading the signals. If you are misreading the signals, the consequences of that are, I would say, pretty great. He could literally lose his license if it seems that he is inappropriate with one of the patient's parents. So the stakes for him are super high. Now, if you're not planning to leave the practice with him, and I do love a good internet snoop, but I don't know how far you went down that rabbit hole to find out that you have a lot of things in common. Uh, I would say here's the only way forward for you to figure this out. Again, if you are not actually going to be using this doctor any longer, 
follow them on social. There's a rule that I like to use where you follow them and then like a couple of their posts so that it will show up in their in their likes that your name has come up a couple of times. And then you will be visible to them as like, oh, I remember her. I treated her son. And you can then comment. You can like a couple posts or comment, not in a flirtatious way, but just comment on things that you can connect on. If you find that he follows you back, then I would say that's more of an invitation to connect and talk further. If he doesn't follow you back after you've very visibly posted on his page, I'm assuming he's not like a pediatrician influencer where he gets like thousands of messages and it would be very apparent to him that you are coming up in his feed. Then you can take it from there. But I definitely have to remind you, S, the stakes are high. So tread lightly with this one. This one was emailed to me from a listener named Jay. She says, I decided to get back out there this summer after the long year of isolation. I hear you, girlfriend. After getting on the apps, my second match and I hit it off in a major way. Then, just like it began, it was over in an instant. For all of us lovelorn folks who are hurting after putting ourselves back out there, what's your advice for picking up the pieces and moving on? Jay, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but slow love, slow love, slow love. So if you hit it off very quickly and then you, you use the words just like it began, it was over in an instant. That to me says that the slow love game didn't quite play out the way that, that we talk about it. And look, I know how easy it is to get caught up in the momentum, which is why I keep talking about slow love because it is a conscious choice that you have to make to stretch out the interactions and allow them to unfold over time because the magic happens in those moments in between the dates in how you're feeling about them, not when you're in proximity to them because you are having a chemical and an emotional exchange when you're in that moment. So it's very easy as you spend more time with that person, to bond with them, to create a vision of them in your future that may or may not exist in that moment right then. If you can space out the interactions and then see how do they interact with you in between the dates? Are they telling you that they're looking forward to seeing you? Are they, are they love bombing you? Are they texting you constantly and then you show up on the date and it doesn't feel the same intensity as it did in the text? That's where you want to really pay attention to pacing. But look, I just also want to acknowledge kudos to you. You knew that after the isolation, you needed human connection. So even though this relationship didn't go the long haul, you got something out of it. You did get a need for connection met. And even though you're feeling some disappointment right now because it didn't end up the way that you envisioned it ending, I do want to acknowledge you for putting yourself out there, for opening up, being open to this. This was a hard year, Jay. So many people were really isolated and feeling like they didn't have the confidence to date again. We talked about that last week. And you did that. You opened up and you stepped into your confidence and you stepped into being vulnerable. 
and this one didn't work out, but can you just take a moment to pat yourself on the back and say, I did a big thing and I opened up and I now know that this is possible. It is possible to find somebody who will be attracted to you, who will make you feel good. And this one wasn't it. And, you know, maybe the slow love didn't have anything to do with that. I'm just trying to help you stack the deck in your favor. So my advice for picking up the pieces and moving on is just to remind yourself that you didn't know that person yet. You were falling in love with the idea of that person. But to remember that you now know the steps you need to take to be able to to get that feeling again. And then hopefully the next time you follow the steps, maybe you follow the Dating Accelerator program so I can walk you through this and help you practice slow love. But if you do it again and you keep practicing these dating skills, these are skills to be developed. They just atrophied a little bit in quarantine, but you can fortify them and build yourself back up again. And hopefully the the next time it'll be right. I hope you enjoyed episode 375 of Dates and Mates. I want to hear from you. I really, really want to hear from you. I want to know what you're going through. I want to know what questions are on your mind. I would love for you to send me a DM or a voice memo. I'm at Damona Hoffman on all of the socials. You can also leave me a voicemail at 424-246-6255. Don't forget to check out that Dating Accelerator group program at DamonaHoffman.com slash group. We'll put the link in the show notes so you can find out how to get that early bird pricing. If what I said at the top of the show speaks to you and you are ready to accelerate your love life over the next three to six months. And if you want to boost your offline dating skills, definitely check out the offline dating method at the offlinedatingmethod.com and pre-order your book for August 31st's release. We'll be back again next Tuesday with Shelby Sells to talk about emotional sex in honor of World Sexual Health Day. It's going to be a hot one, so make sure you're subscribed and you tune in. Until then, I wish you happy dating.